The Next Wave Podcast. Hashtag no filter. All right, Next Wave. Welcome back, family. It's so good to be talking to you all today. I want to officially welcome you to the final installment of our hashtag no filter podcast series. So today's episode will be entitled Next Waivers Breaking Barriers. We want to hit on a few things. We want to talk about volunteer member organizing again, VMO. So you know we've definitely talked about that before. Uh, I want to share some of the stories that I've seen as I've traveled around the country and visited some Next Wave chapters. And then also, I got a very special treat for you guys. Ask Me's very own Secretary Treasurer, Elisa McBride, has a speaker series called Ideas That Ask Me. And on this speaker series, she brings in dynamic individuals from all across the United States to come in and sit with some Ask Me members and just talk about some of the work that they're doing and how that work impacts us as Ask Me members. And so not too long ago, One of her guests was a young congresswoman, Abby Finkenauer, out of Iowa's first district. She came down to talk and I got to ask her a couple questions as well. And I must say that while speaking with her, I definitely felt a familiar vibe. It felt like I was talking to a friend or someone that I had grown up with. And so that was very encouraging for me. Representative Finkenauer grew up in a union family. Her dad was a member of the Pipefitters Union and a welder and her mom worked for a public school, so she knows a lot about working folks' issues and public service workers' issues. I remember being a 10-year-old and uh, you know, asking my parents for a subscription to Newsweek, and they kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Um, but luckily, they ended up giving me that subscription, and you know, I'd read that thing, and then on Saturday nights, go hang out at my grandparents' house after we'd all go to church together. My mom was one of eight, so it was a big, big family. And uh, after church, we'd walk down to my grandparents, and it would be my grandfather, who was a firefighter, actually, a lieutenant firefighter in Dubuque, um, and it would be my, and he was a Democrat, and then it would be my one uncle who was a small business owner, also a Democrat, and there would be my other uncle who was a Republican and a lawyer, and then there would be me, the 10-year-old, sitting around that table talking about what was going on in the world. And, you know, I learned so much during those conversations. And uh, two things that stuck with me and really just dictated how I decided to spend the rest of my time in high school, then, you know, in junior high, then in high school and beyond, um, had to do with those lessons I learned. And one was that even though I was a young girl, I had every right to a seat at the table as the grown men. Second, even though we would disagree, and we would, uh, quite a bit actually, we'd hug each other at the end of the night and say, you know, love ya, can't wait to see you next week. And I remember thinking to myself that that's how public policy should be. That's how these discussions should be had. We need you, (laughs) and we need you in Iowa especially right now because as many folks who are watching know, we had a bill pass in Iowa a couple of years ago that really shredded collective bargaining rights for public employees. And now most state employees in Iowa can bargain only over base wages and in a very limited way and can no longer bargain over grievance procedure, over safety and health issues, over other day-to-day issues that matter in the workplace, over benefits. So during the session, we also shared a video or a clip of a speech that Congresswoman Finkenauer gave. And next, you know, I'll let you hear a little bit about why she was so impassionate during that speech. What happened in the state of Iowa and how it happened was so wrong and so cruel um, that, you know, I I know AFSCME made um, wristbands that I wore actually for quite a 
quite a bit, and I still have it, uh, that say, never quit. And it made me think of that I, every day I looked at that, and I still think of it, you know, I, I, I think of that day and, and what was going on in my state. And it was actually that moment, you know, people ask you or ask me, you know, when did you decide to run for Congress or when did you know this was what you were going to do? Because I had no intention of running at that point. I'd been in the State House. I was actually my third year in the State House, so I was just beginning my second term. And then that moment happened, and I remember looking up into the gallery and seeing, I mean, literally my friends and um, folks who were like family, again, teachers, corrections officers, bus drivers, folks who were just working their tails off, trying to make a good life for their family, and they were watching their government make their life harder. And I thought to myself, you know, this is not how we treat, treat people in my state or in my country and I was gonna do whatever the hell I could to get it back. Well, happy to uh, say I'm actually supporting a bill uh, that's being introduced uh, having to do with actually protecting collective bargaining rights for the public sector. Um, we need to be doing this. We need to make sure if the states are gonna drop the ball um, that our federal level is stepping up here and doing what's right. And so excited to be a part of that. Also excited to, to see you know, the movement and obviously my support of a bill that, that deals with workplace safety, specifically in the healthcare industry. Powerful, right? If you weren't able to catch that live or you haven't seen the video yet, you should definitely head over to AFSME's Facebook page or you can go to the AFSME Next Way Facebook group. So she did a lot to highlight why it's so important for young people, especially young people in unions, to be involved politically. And we all know that that's important, right? Outside of hearing all of that, you still may be like, okay, like I hear this, I understand politics are important, but they just aren't my thing. And if that's you, then I got news for you. You know that we are all things to all people, so we got something for you. And that's VMO, Volunteer Member Organizing. It's a fancy name, but it really is any union member that's willing to sacrifice time away from work to go out and strengthen and grow our union. We had Jillian Johnson on in the first episode and she talked about the VMO conference. And at this conference, you know, we had people who had been doing the work of organizing on a volunteer basis, come together, talk about some best practices, share some stories, be integral in fighting for uh, Nevada state workers, which 20,000 of them recently won collective bargaining rights. So shout out to that. That was a great work and great effort by some of our strong VMOs. You know, we do internal and external organizing. So internal organizing is when you organize folks who are already covered by your union. And so that can be organizing them to become new members, organizing them to come to a specific event or action to be more active in their locals or in their councils or affiliates. And, you know, this work is very important. So in the wake of Janice, we've been doing a lot of internal organizing to make sure that, you know, we're taking care of home first before we branch out. Then we have what's called external organizing. And this is where you're going out to folks who don't have the benefit of having a union in a workplace and assisting with helping them form that union and become come together with the rest of their coworkers so that they can get rights and demand respect at work, right? In Beefing with the Boss Part 1 and Part 2, we talked about some a lot of aspects of external organizing and how boss fights can be something that you need to combat and when you're organizing to get your union in your workplace. And if that piques your interest, I would definitely tell you to get in touch with somebody at your local or your council. And let them know that you want to be a volunteer member organizer. There are always opportunities happening around the country, around your city or your state where you can go help out, pitch in and participate in just growing the union and moving the labor movement forward. So I highly recommend that. Get in touch with someone ASAP. 
there's been a lot that's happened with the Next Wave uh, program over the years. And, you know, I just want to share a few things that I've uh, seen. So I recently went to Pennsylvania and met with some Next Wavers in the area. The interesting thing to me is that their program is centered around community service. And so they have what I feel like, in my opinion, is their biggest uh, community outreach program is they knit and sew and crochet blankets and caps that they donate to a local NICU unit. And, you know, just hearing the stories of how this impacts lives, it's, it's just amazing. It was very heartfelt. But just see pictures of some of the blankets that they donated. I believe they made the, the uh, one of the stories made the news or made one of the local papers. And just hearing that the impact that they had in their local community to me, I was already overwhelmed. They have 100% membership. Each of their different work locations that's under this local all has a shop steward leader or activist in that location. So they comp they have it completely covered with their mat structure. Everybody's a member in this local. And their next wave, so they've implemented a strategy within their local to ensure that they're empowering next waivers with the necessary skills, tools, and our resources to be able to you know, step in if something goes awry. What I mean by that is everybody on the local executive board has to take on a mentee that is a next waiver and basically instill within them uh, just the know-how to manage and run a local so that they can step in if for whatever reason, so that, you know, the business of the union doesn't stop. And I was blown away by this. So not only are they allowing the next waivers to go and be impactful in the community, but they're also, once they have them, you know, the community service is the honey, right? And once they're inside, they're instilling within the next flavors, the union history, union power, union knowledge, and making sure that they are strong, well-equipped, well-informed union members. And I thought that was amazing. So I also got to spend some time in Maryland. They had a Next Wave Leadership Academy. And the Next Waivers who were enrolled or part of this academy would meet up on Saturdays and... One, they would discuss what's going on as it relates to next waivers. But then two, they they all had projects that they would be working on throughout the duration of this leadership academy. And so they would come together, talk about the issues that they're facing, but then also put in work to make sure that they're accomplishing the goals of their individual or specific projects. Now, they also had a social component, too. So the next waivers would not only come together to do work, but also come together to foster and build community. And I always think this is important. You know, we say a lot of times like the union is our family. And we call each other our brothers and sisters or our familiars or family members. And I feel like this Next Wave chapter was very true to that, too. And then also, I got to go up to uh, meet with some Next Wavers in New York. And in New York, you know, we kind of talked about some of the same things about what's happening on a larger scale and what the union is facing on a much broader scale. And then the question that we asked there was, well, how can Next Waivers impact these issues that are happening? And a lot of things came up. But one of the things I was excited about that they're doing in New York is they have their Next Wave involved in their training sessions. And so Next Waivers would go to the annual delegates meetings or any of the council or affiliate conventions, and they would do workshops and trainings and present those trainings. And one training in particular that they talked about was a generations workshop. And it was basically about breaking down barriers or the barriers that we place up or put up between the different generations that currently make up the workforce. You know, we debriefed the workshop that they did and talked about some of the, some of the results and outcomes. And all of this stuff is mind blowing and amazing work that's happening right here 
in our Young Worker program within Ask Me and Next Wave. There's always something going on. And so as I continue to travel and make trips, I'm hoping that I can run into some of you who are listening to this. And we can talk about if you have a program, some of the great work that you've been doing. And if there isn't currently a program, we can definitely talk about the necessary tools and resources that you would need to set that up and meet with whoever we need to meet with to make sure that we have a formal way of uh, getting our young workers, us really, involved in our union so we can move the labor movement forward. Listen, y'all, I'm excited about the possibilities with Next Wave. And so I can't wait until I can make it across the country and meet with all of the affiliate Next Wave programs to just talk about what we have going on and just talk about where we want to get to. You know, I like what AFSCME's president, Lee Saunders, has been saying lately, and that is that we're in a movement moment. And I truly believe that what we do now as Next Waivers and as a union will have a direct impact on our future for years to come. So I can't tell you how much it has been a privilege and honor to be your host during our hashtag no filter series, the first four episodes of our podcast. And I can't wait to continue to build the community and power with all of you. So thanks for listening. And until next time, this has been your host, Adrian, signing off.